Hey, hey, friend, you took a look at that title and you are excited, aren't you? Well, if you're not, then maybe you don't know much about Ginny Urich, but by the end of this episode, you're going to. And if you do know a little bit about her and everything she shares, you're just going to love her even more. This was an amazing conversation. So much fun. She is just so full of information and wisdom. And I just, I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's just jump into this conversation. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Hey friends, I am really excited about this interview today. I've got a special guest and she's just going to knock your socks off. And this is one of my, one of my, well, I say one of my favorite because I have many, I mean, anything to do with homeschooling. And now we are going to talk about the great outdoors that might give you a little Mm -hmm. bit of a hint as to who I am speaking to, but I want to welcome Ginny from 1000 hours outside. Ginny, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your family, and then just dive into what is the 1000 hours outside movement? Yes. Thank you, Lee, for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. I like your dimples and this is amazing. So off we go. And hello, homeschoolers. I always tell people homeschooling is the best decision that we've ever made. I do not regret one minute of it. There are hard days, but our oldest is 15 now. So we are 10 years in if you're starting at age five. And it has just been a full and wonderful life. I'm still nervous about it every once in a while because I'm like, meh, we're a little behind on math. But we also have had a full life of experiences, and I think that will carry our kids through. So, okay, so I'm the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside, which is a movement that started because I was an awful mom when my kids were little. And I really struggled. It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Did you feel like that? I think some people do and some people don't. For me, I was planning on flying through and being really good at it. And then I had these kids that just cried all the time and they didn't really sleep. And it was just a struggle from the get go, like literally just with one kid. And then our kids are pretty close in age at the top They're You know, we had three in under three years. But even with just the first one, it didn't really matter that there were a lot of them. It was like right from the beginning. And so I really did not enjoy being a mom. I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I didn't you can say that here. <laughs> and I loved my kids, but I just was struggling because I felt like I was failing all the time. It was like from the morning, through the night, through, through the night. <laughs> and then it just never stopped. And so I didn't know really what to do with our kids. I didn't know how to fill the time. And so I kind of looked around me to see what everyone else was doing and they were doing programs. So that's what I did. And it was expensive. And it was a lot of output, like physical, emotional output from myself. So, you know, a library program is free, but I tell you what, that takes up a lot of your energy. And, you know, you're trying to get three kids out the door with the library books. They're all in diapers. They're all nursing. They're all crying. They all have three different size clothes, three different size diapers. One needs of this. You know, they got to have the snacks and they have the stroller and they're in their car seats. And I just remember feeling 
Like it was like a circus act and I'll get to the library and try and get everyone through the parking lot and get everyone through the doors without smashing their fingers and find the library program and then try and get them to all sit still and I'm nursing the baby. And it was just so much. Then you had to do it all in reverse and then it will be like 11 a.m. I'll be like, wait, wait a minute. Like I still have almost a full day before my husband gets home. It was so hard and I just... I was sad. I was really down about it because I looked forward to being a mom and just was really slogging my way through it. And so what ended up happening was this random, it's so randomly, sometimes these things happen. I was also in MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. I heard they recently changed their name, but I was in MOPS and at my table, there was another mom and she knew she was going to homeschool. And we knew we were going to homeschool. So we had become friends. She had a kid that was a year older than ours. So she had started to research earlier than I had. So she came to Mops one day and she said, hey, Charlotte Mason says kids should be outside for four to six hours a day whenever the weather is tolerable. And I just remember thinking that is so absurd. Who would do that? Who would take their kids outside for four hours? What are they going to do? They're not going to be occupied. And I would be thinking back through like, I made homemade Play-Doh and that only lasted 25 minutes and now it's all over the floor and all of these things you do to try and kind of occupy the kid's time and it doesn't work. So I just thought that sounds absolutely miserable. Who is this Charlotte Mason? Never heard of her. Sounds awful. She must be totally wrong. And then I found out years later that actually Charlotte Mason is someone that people esteem very highly and she's from the 1800s, which I didn't know. And I have her volumes of work. I've only read I've only read one, Lee. I don't know if that makes me like lower down on the scale here for homeschool moms, but You're I read okay. one. Okay. <laughs> but we'll keep uh, you. <laughs> this, this friend, she said, let's try it. And I just was thinking in my mind, no, no way. I'm not trying that. It's going to be awful. But I win because when you have young kids and you're a young mom, you're also desperate for relationships. And so that was a situation I was in. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. So this is like September in 2011. So we're talking 12 years ago where I bundled up our three kids that were three and under, and we went to a park. Now it wasn't a playground. It was like grass, you know, it's not even a play structure. There was a creek that ran through and some ducks and things. And she said, just bring a picnic blanket and a lunch. And I thought, oh, no, like, <laughs> we need way more. What about the toys and the books and the water table, you know, and, and should I bring like all of these other things? And but we came balls and I, <laughs> you know, but this is not going to work. And but what ended up happening, I tell people it was the best day of my life because it was the first good day I had as a mom. I'd not had one. In three years, I had not had a good day and I had just struggled so hard. But when we went to the park, we met at nine in the morning and the plan was to stay till one in the afternoon. And I thought it was going to crash and burn. I was ready for it to be like this awful day. And what ended up happening was she had three kids and so did I. So each, we each had a baby that we held and nursed and the babies would fall asleep when they were tired. They'd grab at the grass or sit on the blanket and the older four, she had two and I had two that were preschool, toddler age, they just ran around. I have literally no idea what they did. They chased things and they played and they did make-believe. They came and got food when they were hungry. And I got to finish some conversations and it was beautiful out. The fall in Michigan, I know New York, similar. The fall is just absolutely gorgeous. And at one o'clock, we packed up to go home and all the 
the kids fell asleep in the car, which was like a miracle of miracles. So I drove around for a really long time because gas was cheaper. And then all of a sudden it was like four o'clock and my husband's going to be home in a couple hours. And we all had a good day, all of us. So that one day, that one four hour stretch of time truly changed the course of our entire family. It certainly changed the course of my mothering. And over the last 12 years, I have been on a journey where I have read book after book and study after study that proclaim that when we take our kids outside, simply when we go to the park that has no playground, that's just grass, and we bring our picnic, we don't have to set up a scavenger hunt or we don't have to run games. We don't have to do any of those things. When we take our kids outside, it helps them with their cognitive growth. So it's going to help their academics. It helps them emotionally, physically. It really helps their social skills, which is super important in a world where kids are going to have a bunch of different types of jobs. And for parents that are interested, it also helps them spiritually. Uh, so we're a Christian family and you see that God's principles, his spiritual principles are displayed in creation. So it's one of those things that enhances all of our lives. And it sort of started back there. And the number, the numbering system goes somewhat along with Charlotte Mason. We were trying to get outside for four to six hours a day, a couple days a week, whenever the weather was tolerable or most tolerable. So it was about 18 to 20 hours a week that we were getting outside on average, more in the summer in Michigan, less in the winter. It would be different, I guess, depending on where you live. But also there is a pediatric occupational therapist named Angela Hanscom who really echoes these numbers. She says at a minimum, kids should be outside for three hours a day at a minimum of all ages, your babies all the way through your teens for optimal development. And so we just have this goal. This is it. We're trying to be outside for a thousand hours every year. That kind of takes into account different seasons, both figuratively and literally. It is a valiant effort to help reduce the screen time that we have. And it's fun and it has really enhanced our life. For us, it is the foundation for our homeschool. That is a beautiful story. I'm like, I've got chills. <laughs> I love it. I love that that mom took that she took a chance to say, Hey, let's go do this. And that you were willing to then be like, okay, let's try What, what do I have? What do I have to lose? Right. And that you had a, a great, and that you recognize that and then continue to follow that and created a homeschool lifestyle. That's what I talk about so much here on the podcast is just creating a homeschool lifestyle that will fit you. And you realize that that was going to be um, a really important um, part of that. So question for you, when you grew up, did you spend a lot of time outside? Was this like a new thing for you to be outside a lot with your kids and your kids outside or was it something that yeah, well, kind of your it's a good It's a good question. And I think what's interesting is that Angela Hanscom, who wrote this book called Balanced and Barefoot, she's the pediatric occupational therapist who really has a phenomenal read. I say every family should read that book, Balanced and Barefoot. But she says when she asked people who are our age-ish, you know, if you grew up in the 80s or the 90s or before, and you think back about how much time did you spend outside as a kid? She says that most people say three to four hours that I walked to school. It was a it was a mile to school. So there was 30 minutes there, 30 minutes home. You're waiting to go inside to the classroom. So you're outside for a little bit on the playground. So there was a bit of time there, right? And then we had three recesses. I distinctly remember in elementary school, we had a long one in the morning, 45 minutes probably, probably another 45 minutes to an hour at lunch. And then again, we had one in the afternoon. So these long periods of time that were woven into society. When we came home, we had a little bit of extracurriculars, not a ton. I took piano lessons. We did church on Wednesday nights. That was it. And so 
there was time woven into the afternoons and kids were outside and we'd play catch with my dad when he got home from work, you know, just with baseball mitt and a, and a baseball. And so I, I actually do think I spent that much time as a kid playing outside. I remember in the summers we did that, even though I wouldn't consider myself super outdoorsy. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think most of us did. I mean, I just remember coming home from school, dropping off and wanting to be outside. The kids in the neighborhood were all out and we just, we just played. I would come in. I do have a disclaimer. I would come in when Little House on the Prairie came on. So that was like mandatory. Come in at five o'clock to watch that. And I guess maybe we we ate dinner and then I would probably go back outside. But that was like, that was the years of Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) That was setting um, you up to be a homeschool family. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Except my my outfits don't quite match, you know, what my angles were and stuff like that. So, so let's talk about something exciting. Your new book releases tomorrow and it's a bit of a return as we're talking to yesteryear and where generations of kids, they just played outside. They were unsupervised. Mm -hmm. There was no structure and not all of these toys and everything that we feel like we need to have. Why do you think um, our culture has shifted away from this? I think fear. I would say that's probably the biggest answer. And then I think a second would be just mis- a misnomers, that we are misinformed that play provides all of these different things. So let's give a couple examples. Number one, when your kids are playing and they're doing complex movements. So you were just talking about how you have a son that's working on fixing up a car. So these are complex movements, right? These are different types of movements and intricate things and you're trying to figure it out. You've got little ones, they're trying to climb up onto the log, the fallen log, they're gonna jump off. They're trying to run up a hill that's got roots that are sticking out. These are all complex movements. And when we do those things, it enhances the very structure of our brains. So all of that wiring, it's getting enhanced, the myelin, it's thickening up. So our brains become quicker and they become more adaptable. So those types of things are happening when we're outside, we have all this sensory input. When kids get their heads out of an upright position, it stimulates the vestibular sense, which is like the foundation for all of the learning. And kids get themselves in and out of an upright position a lot when they have the time and space space to do so. So they hang hang upside down on the monkey bars. This is what we did as kids. A lot of these things aren't allowed anymore. You go on the string, the swing, you go on your stomach and you spin, 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 right? So all of this is aiding in development. And I just think maybe we don't know. We didn't know that. And so it seems like logically it would be better to put our kids in immersive French class for several hours on a Saturday morning, make sure that they know how to play the tuba, all of these different things, which are good too. I'm not saying that language isn't good for brain development. Certainly it is and music as well, but it's like we have gone too far to that one side with all of the adult structured activities and forgotten, or maybe we just never knew what the child brings to the table. The child knows, the child knows what's next in the line of development. That's how they learn how to crawl. That's how they learn how to pull up on the furniture and toddle and all of these different things. So, What's happening is they are pushing their bodies on to learn for mastery, and then they try something harder. And this would happen all the way throughout childhood if we took a step back and let the kids do it. But I think we've forgotten or we step in so early that it doesn't really occur to us how much they bring to the table in terms of their own development. So it's an interesting thing 
that things have changed so much. You know, people also blame fear of strangers, fear of abduction, that type of thing. And there really aren't other kids out in the neighborhood anymore. There's a book called Playborhood by Mike Lanza, where he says nothing is enticing these kids out. The screen is sucking them in and they look out the window and there's no one out there. So there's there's no push to get out there. So there's been a lot of changes. And I think as we're seeing from the data, it's really to the detriment of our kids. And I think parents are starting to recognize that I'm seeing a movement just online, just on social media, you know, parents that are, I'll never get to meet in person and how they are seeing that. I feel like we do that in culture. We tend to shift and go so far one way and they're like, oh, wait a minute. There's Mm -hmm. actually research and there's evidence that that we went too far. And so we start to start to pull back. So I'm hoping that this trend um, continues. So what Mm -hmm. are some things that kids are lacking by not spending time outdoors? And then what do they gain by actually spending time outdoors? Mm -hmm. There is a lot. There is a whole lot. So we're talking about physical things, right? So we're talking about eyesight. That's one thing. So when you go outside, your eyes relax. And this is the only time that the muscle around your eye, it's called the ciliary ring, and it goes all around your eye. It only relaxes when you have a long field of vision. So when you're inside and when you're sleeping, it's contracted. Like if you were to contract your bicep, that muscle is always contracted. And so what we see is we see kids that are having myopia, a lot of issues with their vision. They're having a lot of issues with tracking. The eyes need to track together. There's a lead eye. One of the eyes is the leader. And so the way that they learn to track together is by getting outside and getting in these various terrains and moving in a three-dimensional field instead of sitting with a head upright, you know, going from this thing to that or watching screens, that type of thing. So on a physical level, we're talking about core strength. We're talking about the shoulder girdle. We're talking about stamina. We're talking about flexibility. Kids who play outside, they don't get hurt as often because their joints and their ligaments, they've they've been stretched out. The, the kids know what to do with their bodies because they've done risky things and they've learned how to calculate that. So on a physical level, kids are falling out of their chairs in school. They can't stay upright. They're having to put a lot of concentration in just toward that core strength. And so that's showing up academically, socially. I just talked to this young man. And I laughed, but it was actually really sad. He called his whole childhood like a like a social graveyard, like this. He said it was so sad. He said everyone's on their screens and there's no one to play with, and this this wasteland. He said of isolation, and you look so forward to being with friends and being authentic and being. Uh, you know, on the cusp and say what you want to be. He's like, everything's videotaped and everyone could get a picture of you and you'd be embarrassed. And he said, even like in the schools, the kids are on their phones all the time. The lunchroom is quiet. Oh, it's so sad. So kids are missing out on years and years of these social uh, experiments, right? Like you're trying to figure out who you are and who you fit with and what to say and how to make friends. So that's kind of gone by the wayside. And I think that on an emotional level, I mean, we see, they say suicides are up. Kids are really struggling with their anxiety and that type of thing. And I think a lot of that comes from lack of autonomy. They don't have time and space to be themselves, to control portions of their own lives. And so there really is, it's more than I realized is going on by just taking away by kind of stealing. Sometimes that's what I say. That's not really our intent, but we are taking their time. And you can see that it really is affecting the whole child. The whole child is struggling. And on the other hand, if we 
infuse a little bit of that, which is hard to do, even as a homeschool family. There are a lot of cool curriculums out there. There's a lot of boxes to check. There's a lot of co-ops you can join. It takes some resolve to leave some space in the calendar and to say, I'm going to leave this for my kids. I'm going to invite a friend over and they can stay all day and the kids can just play and they'll figure out what to do. And that's a worthy use of our time. I think that as adults, we look at children playing and we don't think that it's that they're getting anything out of it. They're just being silly because they are being silly. I mean, they just, kids love to have fun and love to laugh and to explore. And we just, we, I guess, downgrade it because we have so much in our lives as adults, but we don't have a lot of margin. We don't give ourselves a lot of time. I can, I'm speaking to myself even here Mm -hmm. that I don't give myself a lot of time just to kind of be free and to just, you know, relax and just explore and just, just chill out some. And so we kind of, I think we look at kids and we just think it's frivolous what they're doing and they're just, you know, being immature. And I mean, their, their maturity level is lower, but I think we downgrade what they are learning. And especially as you're talking about the social aspect and, you know, sometimes having to work it out a lot outside Mm -hmm. if they're out there without adult supervision and, you know, not that I let my kids like hang out with really bad bully kids or anything, but there'd be times, you know, I hear stories now. I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know what? They had to, they had to work it out. There's disagreements and there's, you know, arguments about the game. Well, that's not how you, you know, and and this kind of stuff and and being outside and having not really any toys and playing with some sticks and some whatever and coming up with a game and just the imagination. So I want to jump back and we talked, you talked a little bit about screens Now, I know a lot of parents struggle to find balance with technology. What have you learned through the years on and off screens? I would say our best days are the ones where we just run out of time for screens. Those are our best days. You fill it up. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for mom. It's a lot of work for dad. It's different than it used to be where you could kind of shoo your kids out and get your work done. I think that that's how culture was set up to a degree more so in previous generations, more analog childhoods, right? It was like, the this is what happened in my neighborhood. There was a mom that locked the door. She had four kids. And she would just lock the door. They couldn't go back inside. This is how people live. But there was other kids out to play with in the neighborhood. So it felt safer. There was more to do. So now we really are stuck, right? We can't do what they did. But we still have all these things that we need to do inside. We have these chores. We have meals to make. And so for us, it's been hard. It has, it has been trying to be okay with a messier house. It has been trying to be okay with things a little bit more chaotic than I would like them to be. And I have to come to grips with that because I think that the way that we do it now is we have to make plans sometimes with other people. Like we have to be involved as the parent. And In some ways, that's a really good thing, Lee. Like, my life certainly has been enhanced. I've been outside for 12,000 hours in the last 12 years. That makes for a good life. And so I think, well, at some points where I was jealous and wished I could have been inside, I don't know, like washing the windows or like, you know, cleaning the baseboards, like they're not as clean as they could be. But also, I ended up getting a really good life out of this thing. So maybe maybe it's for our benefit, too. I've started to have that epiphany because we are sucked into the screens and sucked in a little bit to the pressures of seeing everyone else's home and everyone else's homeschool and everyone else's sourdough bread that looks like a pumpkin and you know we don't have that I mean that's (laughs) we're not doing that I try but it's it's this uh acceptance I think of lack of perfection however we have a fuller life 
because of it. Love that didn't really you... answer the question, though. How no, do we deal with fine. screens was the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how so, you're talking about the benefits to you, too. Yeah, so go back to the screens, but I love no, how I want to screens, add that. Yeah, well, so my the thing I said was our best days are the ones where we don't have time for screens. And that's just it. But we do use screens in our home. So what we're trying to do is balance it out. Kids are actually on screens on average for, well, the thing is four to seven minutes a day outside, four to seven hours on screens. That was the statistic when I first started writing and and came up with the thousand hours outside idea and movement. So we're just, there's a big imbalance. I don't necessarily think screens are evil. You can use them for different things. There are people that are coming along though and saying it's really affecting like the neuro biology. I'm not quite sure if that's a word, but <laughs> something like that, you know, it's dysregulating is what they say. It's like dysregulating the nervous system. And so for some kids, it really is, is messing them up even just a little bit. They say your better bet is to watch Little House on the Prairie. That the better bet is to watch maybe a slower paced television show or movie. That's okay. It's the interactive screen use that really can be messing with the kids function, daily function. So, you know, you have to know your kid and, and know what works for your family. But we have tried to bound it in so that we can say, yes, you can do screens on Saturday morning and that's our time for it. It's done at 1030. But also it's a tall order. We're really trying to fill our life with meaningful, worthwhile activities. And I think as overwhelming as that feels and sounds, it also is giving all of us a good life, including myself. Yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's a balance. Like you're talking about, there's so many good things that we can add it. And and as you were mentioning earlier, it's it's hard to get outside when we have so much, but there's so much to be offered. I mean, I remember when I started homeschooling, there's not nearly, there was not nearly as much as there is now. And you have to, there's some things you have to say yes to, and then you have to say no to a lot of things. And it's okay to say no. And I tend to be like, yes to these things. And then I don't even look anymore because I'll feel like I'm, you know, it's FOMO, fear of missing out on things. Yeah. And so even in homeschooling, we can, we know there's so many good things. And especially if you have kids that are interested in a lot of things and who want to learn a lot of things, it's, it's hard to be like, nope, we're just kind of done with our formal subjects here. Let's get outside. Let's, even if it's just them playing in the yard, um, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is, even if it's not a big, even if it's not time for a big hike or a big adventure or anything like that, there's just so much. And so then you go to online and there's just so many opportunities to learn so many things. And my husband even was just saying for our 15 year old, he's like, Hey, I found this really great art drawing course thing. And I was like, it's just not going to fit with our year this year. Like I, you know, I'm sure wow. he probably would be interested if, if you can ask him, I mean, in high school, I give him a lot more opportunities. I'm like, you can ask him. Um, but I don't have that listed, you know, we have to do a lot for the, for the, um, school district and all, you know, paperwork and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, we completed that last year, but if he's interested, he can do it in his free time, but it's not going to miss out on his other, other stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's just a lot we can say yes and, and good to us. Like maybe over Christmas break, he can do a crash course in that or something, you know, or the winter. Sure. I'm like, that's a, maybe a better winter activity, even though we do a lot of side outside in the winter and skiing and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. what would we, what should we do in these moments where screens feel like the only answer? I know there's moms that are, that are feeling like that. What do we do instead? Yes. We should give ourselves grace. I mean, I do want to say that because there are times when screens are a good answer. If you are struggling, if you are, you know, I say, look, if you are attempting to homeschool and you do not have support, you don't have family support, you don't have social support, you just moved, you've got a baby, you're going to use a screen. And I, and I say, give yourself grace. Sometimes that's going to be what gets you through. It's going to help you continue to homeschool. So I would say, 
Don't beat yourself up about it. I think that's the most important. If you can, over the course of a week, try and find another friend that will adventure with you a little bit. I always say the best thing to take along with you outside is a friend. And the friend helps your kid because then there's someone else to play with. That really makes a huge difference. It helps for safety. There's more eyes. There's more people around. So if you could find someone who would commit to doing something small, it does not have to be big. Like you said, we're going to walk around the block. We're going to meet at this local playground. We're going to come sit in my backyard and I'm going to put on a sprinkler. We're going to get together at the apple orchard and read some stories. Anything like that. It can be so small. Most of our stuff has been so small, so insignificant, but it really enhances the quality of your life. And so little by little, if you're in a, in a season where you are dependent on some screen usage, that's okay. That's going to help you through. And I think that's all right. As you sort of come out of that, maybe you're in a period of grief. Maybe you've miscarried. I mean, there's so many things, right, Lee? Like life is really hard. So I think we can't beat ourselves up for it. We can maybe start to look for some small bits of time and small bits of time grow. Sometimes if you say, look, I'm going to go to the park for one hour after dinner. Well, sometimes your kids are going to be so engaged at the end of the hour, you're going to stay for 90 minutes. You're going to stay for two hours. You're going to take your read aloud. You're going to take your clipboard, take your schoolwork and do it at the zoo. All of these things really matter. And I think people ask so often, like, does this count? It's the question we get asked the most often. Does it count? Does it count if my child is in a stroller and we're walking around the block? Does it count? I mean, sometimes they say, like, does it count if I'm in an indoor pool that has windows at the top? And I'm like, no, then no, that doesn't count. So I'm sorry. We don't really have rules, but like, no, that doesn't count. But this is what we get asked a lot. But anytime that you're outside, if your child is in a stroller, they're getting that full spectrum sunlight that goes right through their eyes to the brain. And the brain releases serotonin and the serotonin turns into melatonin at night. So you've got like a happy baby in the morning and a tired baby at night. Like all of this, the surround sound, the birds song, the little bit of breeze in their face, like this is helping with their sensory processing. So it doesn't have to be anything significant. So if you can look at your week and you say, look, we're really heavily at this point dependent on screens, but maybe little by little, we can pull that back and little by little, we can insert some simple outdoor time and then your kids will learn. They'll learn how to deal with their bored feelings. They'll become more imaginative over time. You're going to have a better life. You might build some new relationships and Little by little, a little becomes a lot. I think that we often, I mean, as moms, we beat ourselves up. We're like our biggest critic and we we feel all this guilt and nobody else is keeping it on us. We're just keeping it upon ourselves. And so, yes, there are seasons to absolutely give grace. I mean, I remember moving and my kids are a bit mm. older and we were not making enough money to like, they all have iPads or anything. You know I mean? So when they first were babies and little, there was none of all these screens. There was a TV. That was it. You know, that was really, really all there is. And I've just kind of watched all of this unfold. And so it, we didn't have as many opportunities for them to have things. And even the iPads and just all, all kinds of stuff came out, they just didn't, and they were getting older and we just didn't, didn't want to. So, but I remember moving and it was wild crats. Like I was like, you can watch like three wild crats and that give me a solid one and a half hours to unpack. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, okay, school right there. Check because they were learning a lot of science sure. and you know, so it, yeah, it was. And then it would be like, okay, now we're done with this. Now let's go. You know, I got a solid hour of not being in. So there, yeah. So like you're talking about seasons, we have to give ourselves grace and understand that's just a period. But sometimes when we're in that, we can feel like it's, you know, lasting a really long time. 
So what would you say to the parent who is feeling like they're a failure for relying on technology to occupy their child? Mm, They're not a failure. That's what I would say. You're not a failure. This is really hard. This is very hard. And so many of us are doing it without support, without a support system. I think that in yesteryear, if we're talking about that, the, this book I have is called Until the Streetlights Come On. This is a phrase that people used to say that they would play until the streetlights come on. And what was happening in those time periods is that there were other kids around. So we hear a lot about the village and we think, okay, well, if I had an aunt or a grandma or you know, a sister that was coming alongside and helping. But that's really not what we need. We really need everyone's kids. That's what makes the difference. And so if that's not something that you have access to at the moment, like you even moving, that's a really big one to bring up, Lee, right? Like people are moving. And I know a lot of military families, people are moving for jobs, all sorts of things that you don't have that support system yet. And so you have to give yourself grace for that time period. And as you can, just weasel it in. That's why we have a goal. We have a goal for getting outside, not because it's easy, but because it's very hard. It's very hard to keep that as a priority when there's all of these other opportunities out there, like you were talking about. The kids could be in choir. They could be in chess. They could be in this co-op and that co-op. We could be in this club. There's so many things we could be doing 4-H. There's all these curriculums out there, like the art class. I mean, these are good things. And so we have become the gatekeepers it's a tall task. We have become the gatekeepers. And so if you have a little bit of a goal, and maybe yours isn't a thousand hours outside, some people come and they say, well, I'm a single parent and I have partial custody of my kids. So my goal, and this is what I looked at with my schedule, my goal is 250 hours in the year. That's my goal. I'm going to try and get outside. But I think when you have a goal of ensuring that your kids have some of their own time, And trying to ensure that you have some hands-on, real-life, outdoor nature moments for your kids, then it's front of mind. And so we we just got back, actually, Lee, we just went to some conferences. We were at some back-to-back conferences. Now, conferences tend to be inside all day, every day, classes and different things. And we left. We left for a full day twice. You're not supposed to. Every, you know, it's really not what you're supposed to do. But I'm looking at my chart, and I'm like, well, like... We're committed to this. We are committed to getting these kids outside throughout their childhood. And so we went one day, we were in North Carolina. We went to three waterfalls. You know, we, we go another day. We went on a little bit of hiking and did some things there. But, and I, and it's fine. Like, oh, well, we missed some sessions, <laughs> but this is kind of how the trade-off is. And so I think for parents to realize how valuable it is and to know that it takes a little bit of effort to keep it top of mind and to keep it inserted into childhood. And I feel like there's, well, I know that even for myself, if I'm inside for too long, I'm just like, so I grew up, there's a lot of time outside hiking and just all kinds of stuff. I've raised my kids that way. And I get a little squirrely if I'm inside Mm. for, for too long. And I'm just, I get anxious and I'm like, I just have to, I know there's a long to-do list and there's stuff to do inside. I know there's, you know, podcast episodes to edit and there's all these emails and everything. And I'm like, I just want to get outside. And I know that kids do. And I feel like probably if you have kids that maybe don't want to go out as you do it, that desire will hopefully build within them. Have you seen that in kids and families? No, no, no. My kids don't want to go outside. Let me be real clear. no. No one wants to go out but they like to be out. No yes, one wants okay. to go out and, and neither do I. I don't want to put any effort, especially when the kids were little. I I don't want to pack up all the things and everyone needs an extra outfit in case they fall in the mud and then they're going to cry because they're two and all these different things. It's a lot of effort. But once you're there, this is how I always felt. 
once you're there, you're so glad you're there. And so are the kids. So it's that transition. It's that inertia. You're inside. You're comfortable. There's no bugs. I can get all this stuff done, right? Or, I mean, you can't. If you've got little kids, you're getting nothing done. When you go outside, you get to leave that for a little bit which actually is really good for your mental health. Because I don't think the home is ever clean when you've got little kids. So you're always in a mess, but you can go outside and go on a trail and it's kind of like groomed or you go to the playground. I mean, it's less messy and your house gets less messy because you're out of it for a little bit. Not that that really matters. People say that all the time. I'm like, look, my kids could terrorize my house in like 12 minutes. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter if we're outside for a good portion of the day. But I tell you what, it's doing a lot. It's doing a lot for all of us. And you have so much to look forward to. Like if you're in those early years, now our oldest is 15 years old and we are doing so many fun things. We can hike for the places. They can go and jump off the rocks. We can go on these whitewater rafting trips, all of this stuff. So we build it in when they're small and then they are confident in their bodies, which is a huge benefit. The only way that you can learn how to use your body and to learn what you can and can't do inside of your body is to have small risks that add up over the years. And then you can do all of these different things that maybe you couldn't have otherwise. You got more stamina, you got a little bit more confidence, all that stuff. So it just becomes more and more fun over the years. And I, I have no idea any, if I'm answering your question. No, no, question. no, you're fine. I just want to add that I don't think any family regrets. If you go on a hike, you spend a day outside, nobody comes home and regrets saying, oh, my baseboards could have been clean instead. Or, oh, I could have cleaned the fan in my bathroom. Yes. I wish I would have gone to that session. You know, like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I don't regret that. So mm-hmm. we, you were talking about your book. I want to hear more about that. Where can the listener find you? And where can they find out about your new book that releases tomorrow? Yes. Everything is on 1000hoursoutside.com. That's kind of where we're at. That's our main hub. So we have a lot of cool things there. Tracker sheets that are free to download. A kickoff pack. Same thing. Free to download. We've got blog posts. Our podcast is hosted there, some old transcripts and things like that if people are interested. The book is anywhere you buy your books, but if you go right now to bakerbooks.com just today because it ends tomorrow, it is 40% off plus free shipping. That's a lot. That's a big deal. 40% off plus free shipping. And then we have some really cool bonus things for the pre-orders just because it helps with algorithm and numbers. But one of the things is this digital cookbook for kids and it's outdoor cooking with kids. It's really great. It's got breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. And there's some other things in there too. But um, So that's where you you could buy it anywhere. You could get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you go shopping for books, probably your local bookstore. But Really cool if you get it at bakerbooks.com because it's a lot cheaper. That's that's amazing. I'm going to list all of that in the show notes. So, and I'm going to tell everybody to go ahead and get the book because um, it's going to be encouraging and be exactly what we need along with this episode today. So thank you thank for you. joining me today, Jenny. This has been a great conversation. Thanks, Lee. And everyone keep homeschooling. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> See, I told you that was a fun conversation. Ginny has just so much energy and so much passion and excitement for her message. And if you are not familiar before this podcast episode with 1,000 hours outside, you are now. And I would love for your family to be able to join in. Like I mentioned, as I was talking to her, I'm going to put in the show notes all the information. So her book 
it releases tomorrow, but you can go ahead and order it right now. And if you're listening to this episode past Monday, November 13th, I'm so glad you're here. That means that her book is out there. It's available for you to go ahead and to add to your collection. I know I have some really great homeschool mom books, and I know this is going to be one that I'm going to need to add to my bookshelf and that you need to as well. So all those links will be in the show notes just for you. Go ahead out, grab the book and add in what Ginny shares to your family. And I know that you're going to start to see a difference. Be a part of this movement of getting our kids outside and a return to childhood and time spent in the great outdoors. I look forward to hearing from you about what you think about this conversation I had with her and also of all the adventures that you guys get to have as a family because you're homeschooling. We have the time to do such things. So grab the book and get outside. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.